My friends, tonight we unveil my most diabolical creation. CITR 101.9 FM. Ten times more addictive than marijuana. To human misery. Nice to see you. So glad you could make it. Have a salmon puff. All right. Listen to Exploding Head Movies on CITR 101.9 FM. Thank you.
Good evening. And welcome to yet another episode of Exploding Head Movies. This is your cinematically inspired program here. Found on UBC's haunted community radio station CITR, the voice of UBC, here on 11.9 FM in Vancouver, broadcasting at 590 watts here from UBC campus here in West Point Gray past the endowment lands to the lower mainland of British Columbia here in Canada. Elsewhere, you can find us on the web at www.citr.ca. My name is Gak, and I will be your caretaker, as I have always been for the next couple of hours. Phone over the station for those of you listening live is 604-822-2487. Do keep it short and sweet and to the point since we are mixing everything live and sometimes crafting the creative little words that you hear me say. But you can email me anytime. RadioFreeGack at gmail.com Or since things are getting a little bit busier there, you can always follow me at Twitter at Hundredair which you can find via the CITR Twitter at CITR Radio. Double that R there. So in the background, this is Toronto's Wizard of and off this year's Face Skeleton release. This is the first part of Face. And we start off there with Wendy Carlos and Ra- Rachel Elkind with the main title to Stanley Kubrick's 1980 adaptation of Stephen King's story, The Shining. And this horror film has been touted as one of the scariest films of all time, despite being filmed in mostly daylight and relying mostly on psychology for its scares. So with this, with the Halloween following, falling and following on a Friday, this spooky episode will profile the score to that film about a man and his family who act as the winter caretakers for a Colorado hotel. We'll also take a look at Jonathan Snipes and William Houston's, or sorry, William Hudson's music from a 2012 documentary about the various hidden perceived meanings of The Shining. And that documentary takes its name from one of the rooms within the Overlook Hotel, and that will be room 237. So we'll talk a little bit more about The Shining towards 8.20 or 8.30 or so. But I did want to mention that the melody used in what we heard there was notably used by the French composer Hector Berlioz in his 1830 Symphonie Fantastique, an episode in the life of an artist in five parts. And the overall symphony was described by American conductor Leonard Bernstein as the first musical expedition into psychedelia because of its hallucinatory and dreamlike nature. And because history suggests Berlioz composed a portion of it under the influence of opium. So according to Bernstein, Berlioz tells it like it is. You take a trip, you wind up screaming at your own funeral. But once we get to the shining, the roots of the melody go further back once it's time to shine. Otherwise, this year we won't get too campy. So no mashing monsters, no surf rock zombies, and no werewolf bar mitzvahs. Locus primarily on dark synths. We'll touch upon a couple acts coming to town and then a notable live orchestra scoring to one of the first horror films ever that's happening this week. And believe it or not, this episode would likely be the last Halloween episode broadcast from our current location in the sub. With the construction delays of the new sub, the Student Union Building, it may be a while before we figure out how haunted the next building will be. <laughs> Anyways, let's hop over to Montreal for a little gold zebra. The duo of JP and Julie have worked over two years on their debut self-titled album, and it mixes together some upbeat Italo disco with some sinister dark wave, maybe some new wave noir into it. 
The video for another track, Drift Away, goes dark with a story about a figure skater, but I've opted for a longer languid track here to set the mood for this episode. This will be Gold Zebra with Love French Better here on Exploding Head Movies, CITR, Vancouver. I think there's a spider on your back. <laughs>
I left the bar. I was thirsty, and I don't drink wine. I was desperate. I needed blood. I turned to the only place I could. The only place that could possibly help me. Hello, I need some blood. A, positive or negative, it doesn't matter. I'm sorry, we're all out of A, positive and negative. Would you like some O instead? No, no, that won't do. Thank you. Good night. Save me. Save yourself. Give blood voluntarily. This message was brought to you courtesy of the Canadian Blood Services and CITR Radio 101.9 FM.
that was a lot of sinister synths there. So we started off with Gold Zebra with Love French Better off their self-titled album through A Visage Musique. And then we went back here to this hometown off last year's Olympia Plus, which was basically an expansion of a previous EP. Although the cassette version came out this year, so the years get a little fuzzy. We heard Cosmetics with Soft Skin. It's the duo of Aja and Nick. And perhaps you caught them at Red Gate earlier this month, or perhaps here on CITR one Monday in October when they were in a fill-in slot one Monday afternoon playing Seven Inches. They will be in Seattle November 23rd at Kremwerk, along with Rolodex and the False Prophet DJs. The big news is that in 2015, which is just a couple of months away now, they'll be doing a tour in Europe, but they have almost completed their debut album, so we've got to look out for that. Behind me from Toronto, this is Castle If off the 2012 album Zwei Hand Part 1. This is the intro, but Castle Luff is the alias of Jess Forrest, who does some wonderful music, Cosmique. We're going to stay in Vancouver as we get a little poppy here. Um, although, originally, Allie Milner we know best for jazzy pop styles, but she's hooked up with Mother Mother's Ryan Goldmord and his Willa. They've done some fantastic little electro pop. So, I think an album is due soon through Network, but uh, this will be Willa here with Stay the Night, which I hope you will with Exploding Head Movies on CITR, Vancouver.
Whoever said money can't buy you friends obviously wasn't a member at CITR. When you become a member, you get the Friends of CITR card with incredible discounts in the UBC and Kitsilano area at Australian Boot Company, Banyan Books and Sound, The Bike Kitchen, The Cove, Dantry's Pub, Displace Hashery, Limelight Video, The Eatery, Fresh's Best Salsa, Gargoyle's Bar and Grill, Lotus Land Tattoo, Nuba Kitsilano, Prussian Music, Rufus's Guitar Shop, and the UBC Bookstore. To find out more, visit us in room 233 of the sub on the UBC campus or go online to citr.ca.
off one of the EPs they released this year called Tosca. That was Vogue Dots with Skinny Thing. And Vogue Dots are the New Brunswick-born but Halifax-based duo of Babette Hayward and Tynan Dunfield. And they've been releasing some fantastic kind of electro-pop on kind of like a downwards tip for at least a year or so. And their latest release is Mauka. And they have a pretty decent band camp. The only thing it doesn't really tell you is their names. But, of course, there are things like Facebook and Twitter to account for all those other bits of information that you may need. In the background here, this is Arbutus off of Bedroom Safari. We're listening to Blood Memories. And as I've probably told you in the past, mostly because I think I've played half this album right now, Arbutus is the solo project work of Adrian Teacher, currently of Cool TV, who perhaps you saw open up for the new pornographers earlier this month. And I think there's a show later in November. I believe it might be at Horses Records, but I might have to take a look at the internets and they may tell me the appropriate things that way. But this is a nice little outlet for Teacher, away from his sort of like peppy rock, especially with the current kind of new wave funk angle that way. Nice sort of ambient loops, as it were. You're listening to Exploding Head Movies here. My name is Gak. This is CITR 11.9 FM in Vancouver, online at www.citr.ca. And um, in some ways, I probably should have played this next act next week, but somehow the band name kind of fit into our Halloween-themed episode. They are the Harpoonist and the Axe Murderer. It's a Vancouver duo. Sean Hall and Matthew Rogers. And they kind of take a little bit of a riff of a Chris Christopherson song, as it were. A little Bobby McGee action that way. So they are going to be playing at the Commodore Ballroom not this Saturday, but next Saturday, November 8th. They'll be joined by Petunia and the Vipers. Tickets go for $21.50 to start off with. It is a 19 and older show. Doors open at 8 o'clock. And part of the reason why the Harpoonist and the Axe Murder are doing a show is they do have a new album. It is called A Real Fine Mess. Somehow this episode of Exploding Head Movies has not devolved to that point yet. But give it time. So this is going to be the Harpoonist and the Axe Murder with black and blue. And for the record, originally we are going to have some black keys lined up as well too, but... I heard them on CBC Radio earlier today, and a couple other places. I believe you may know them, and they are in town. But uh, we'll play another act that will be coming to town next week as well. Hopefully, I may get a chance to see them, but I think I'll play some more music from those guys next. But yeah, Harpoonist and the Axe Murder. Grizzly nautical stuff.
dream. It's only a 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 dream. Power Chord. Every Saturday from 1 to 3 p.m. Here on CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver. So off their final album from 1995, Pygmalion. Definitely not uh, rocking the shoegaze vibe we best know them for. That was Slow Dive with Cello. And that actually was used on the soundtrack to the film I Am the Elephant as well, too. You probably know them for the sound that they cultivated on their first two albums, Just for a Day, and then Suvlaki. Five piece from Reading in the UK. Glorious shoegaze. And I mention this because about uh, one week from now, Slow Dive will be in town next Monday, November 3rd. They'll be at the Commodore Ballroom joined by Low. And I promise next week I'll try to play some more of their music, perhaps more distinctive of their style. Not sure if I can make the show or not since I'll be doing this show, but then again, I'll be coming back from one of my autumn trips coming up here, so jet lag may be a factor in my part. Maybe I'll play some Low next week too. 
since I was hoping to fit him in this week with a witchy song. So tickets for Slow Dive at the Commodore next week uh, start at $35. It is 19 and older. Doors at 8 o'clock. Show at 9.30 p.m. And yes, this is a reunion show because back in 1995, one of the members had left at that time already. And effectively, they just sort of fragmented from there. But three of the members became the Mojave Three, which added another two members along the way, but they didn't become the Mojave Five. But slow dive. We'll get more shoegazy later. Behind me here, this is Gustavo Santaolaja with one of his pieces off of the video game soundtrack to the action horror psychological zombie post-apocalyptic game The Last of Us. This is called The Quarantine Zone 20 years later. And I've played some Santaolaja. Always have to pronounce it the Argentine way since that is where he is from. For you conventional Spanish speakers, that is Santa Olaya. He's won Oscars in the past for his scores to Brokeback Mountain and then Babel. And he won Best Song for a song that he wrote for the Motorcycle Diaries. I did actually profile the soundtrack to the Motorcycle Diaries on a past episode of Exploding Head Movies, but I believe it is off the main podcast. But if you go to CITR.ca, click on podcasts, there's the big honkin' archive of Exploding Head Movies stuff, and you should find it there. I should actually take a look at Brokeback Mountain and Bobble at some point as well, too. Otherwise, let us mourn, at least not the passing, but the uh, current hiatus of the act Dark Side, a collaboration with Nicolas Jarre, fantastic French musician, and then Brooklyn multi-instrumentalist Dave Harrington. Last year's uh, album Psychic currently marks their only release, but uh, they did release two songs in the wake of their recently announced hiatus. Hopefully they do come back in some way or another since they had a crazy live show. Some glorious music that way, although individually Jar and the Harrington make some fantastic stuff. So off of the What They Say single, this will be Dark Side with an apt title, Gone Too Soon. Thank you. 
How much do you know about bikes? Everything? Perfect. Nothing at all? Even better. At the UBC Bike Kitchen, you can use our space and tools to do your own bike maintenance, get one-on-one -on -one instruction on how to fix your bike yourself, or drop your bike off for us to repair. You can also buy a fully refurbished, guaranteed used bicycle, or a variety of new and used parts and accessories. The Bike Kitchen is UBC's non-profit, student-owned, full-service bike shop. We're located in the basement of the Student Union Building. Just look for the stairwell on the north side of the sub across from Gage Towers, or search for the UBC Bike Kitchen on Facebook. Stop by the Bike Kitchen, and then get riding. Would you like, my lord? Bring me CITR. <laughs> Even Satan, God of Darkness, listens to CITR on 101.9 FM.
Some of you may know that as the killer sample that backs Basement Jax's single Where's Your Head At off the 2001 album Rudy and featuring a creepy video of a science experiment involving musical animals that twists into a dark tale of brain swapping. Off 1979's The Pleasure Principle that was Gary Newman with M.E. A song about the last machine on Earth. And Mr. Newman is coming to town. He is playing at the Rickshaw Theater along with Nim Vind this Wednesday, October 29th. Tickets start at $32. Doors open at 8. It is 19 and older. And of course, a VIP upgrade is available as well, too. So on top of that, you can always pay $150 more. You can meet and greet the man known as Gary Webb otherwise. You have access to a sound check. You get a limited edition CD with exclusive material. Just check out Gary Newman's website. He has influenced so many people, although he picked up a lot of influence from Kraftwerk, and then one day with his two-way armory, recording a punk song when he was back on guitars, someone was laying, laying a synth around and he played it, and everything changed. Of course, The Pleasure Principle is also the same album where Cars appears. And then Mr. Newman is touring in support of his latest album last year's Splinter, Songs from a Broken Mind. Though he also recently did the score to an animated film called From Inside. It was released back in 2008. He collaborated with Aid Fenton, but the soundtrack only came out earlier this year through Lake Shore Records. It is 8 o'clock on this Monday, the last one of October 2014. Halloween is four days away. My name is Gak, and you are listening to Exploding Head Movies for our annual Halloween episode. In the background, this is Boards of Canada, off of their most recent album, last year's Tomorrow's Harvest. This is Semina Mertvich. Sounds vaguely Hungarian. At some point, I should have looked up what it is. Anyways, an act that also announced their uh, hiatus, or actually their second disappearance, it is Orbital. The Hartnell brothers have announced recently that uh, they're giving up the ghost again, since they did that actually 10 years ago, back in 2004. But they reunited in 2009. They performed at the 2012 Olympics. And uh, they did release one album as part of their return, 2012's Wonky. And at this point, that'll be, I guess, the last we hear from them until they decide to reform again. But at this point, Paul Hartnell, one of the brothers there, has decided to form his own new act. It's going to be called 858, referring to the time two minutes before nine. Usually at that point, he indicated people are in a rush. There's a deadline at some point because things start at nine usually. So this is about the idea of what you do before then. So I believe some music has been made available through a new site. But we're actually going to stick with Orbital because... As part of Halloween, we toast the dead. So off of Wonky, this will be Orbital with Where Is It Going?
This is the sound of compost and recyclables going into the garbage. Garbage that ends up in the landfill creating greenhouse gases. This is the sound of a more sustainable campus. You can make a difference when you sort it out. Learn more at sustain.ubc.ca slash sort it out. Are you not sure where to go on campus? Traveling late at night and afraid to go alone? Call SafeWalk, a free service where a co-ed team will take you anywhere you need to go on campus. Don't walk alone. For a walk, add SafeWalk to your phone. Call 604-822-5355. That's 604-822-5355. Alternatively, use a UBC Blue phone and ask for SafeWalk. Approach any SafeWalk team or drop by our office on the main floor of the sub across from the gallery lounge.
off their final album, 2003's Sheath. That was LFO. Well, the track I was thinking about playing last week. Said the title is kind of gross, but of course it is Halloween. So we can do it. That was Snot. And at that point, LFO was just Mark Bell. It was announced two weeks ago. He had passed away doing some complications, dealing with some surgery. He was only 43 years old. There's been a lot of tributes that have been posted about that producer in light of his recent passing. I just checked out Fact Magazine. And they actually have a recent Carl Craig mix that acts as a celebration of the music that Mr. Bell left behind. Behind me, this is Mike Simonetti. One of the strong producers behind the Italians Do It Better label off of last year's After Dark 2. This is The Magician. My name is Gak. This is Exploding Head Movies. And uh, these two tracks were something that I was initially intending to pair together. Because upcoming it's going to be a nice little ambient number. Based on field recordings using contact microphones at Arctic military bases. So of course, tied to that. Might as well go to Iceland for a little bit of music as well too. So Sigurros. Their most recent album was last year's Kvikr. Their first as a trio. And perhaps you saw him this year during one of the Game of Thrones episodes in Season 5. But we're going to go back to 1999 off their debut album, Agaites Bjerjun, Icelandic, for a good start. Back when they actually sang as a quartet, Icelandic, before they came up with their invented language. Known in English as Hopelandic. And as I learned in Icelandic, Hopelandic is Verslenska. Bit of a fun fact that way, so... There's going to be Sigur Rós here with Avalon here on Exploding Him of CITR 101.9 FM, Vancouver.
three decades, CITR's annual Battle of the Bands Shindig has been host to local bands known and unknown. This year, Shindig leaps into its fourth decade as 27 bands prepare to take the stage. The stakes are high with artists competing for studio recording time, event showcase spots, and more. Shindig 31 marks CITR's first year at the Hindenburg, so come celebrate with cheap drinks, free pool, great stage, and of course, jokes for beer. Shindig runs every Tuesday until December 16th at the Hindenburg, 23 West Cordova. Cover is only $6. Shindig congratulates Pale Red for moving into the semifinals. This October 28th, come to night two of Shindig for the chamber folk of Sam Tudor, propulsive rock from duo Still Creek Murder, and the post-punk shoegaze of Rainbow. And now, for our more dreadful sacrifice. The music you are listening to is completely electronic. Only a fool would ignore this. I'd like to demonstrate for you some of the rather more weird kinds of sounds. See how relaxed you're getting? Every Sunday night at 7 o'clock here on CITR 101.9 FM is More Than Human, your weekly guide to all that is new, weird and wonderful in the world of electronic music. So please join me, Gareth Moses, for electronic music old and new, Inane comments and the occasional sacrifice. More than human on CITR.
What a debut. Recorded at Arctic military bases using remote telephone poles. Having a little bit of field recording elements that way, but shaped into a monstrously bleak cold techno. That was Eric Holm off of Enduya, named after the peninsula at the top of Norway that actually sticks out into the Arctic Ocean. That track was Stave. Oddly enough, this was one of those uh, albums I heard about through the Onion Sister publication, The AV Club. Now, most of the time they tend to be bratty, ironic about what they tout, but occasionally they do a profile on things that they are actually interested in and have an affection for. And the guy who usually writes the news articles, Mr. Sean O'Neill, recommended this. And uh, just to say the least, I've been astounded. Eric Holm. Do check it out. It was released through the subtext recordings label and distributed through Brainwashed. Now behind me, we have some Vancouver music, although I believe this individual has now moved to Toronto. This is no UFOs off of Volume 2 of MPC Tracks. This is Unreliable Narrator. Now, as you heard in the promo before Eric Holm, Shindig is now deep in session, and week two is tomorrow, October 28th, at the Hindenburg at 23 West Cordova in Gastown. I made it last week for week one, or pale red one, and it's a fantastic space. If you haven't been there in any of its previous iterations, quite a venue. Great sound, bars elevated above it, they have free pool tables. They still have some of the Sin City Dungeon stuff in a back room if you're looking for it, but cheap drinks, cheap cover. It's only six bucks to get in. Three of Vancouver's freshest bands, all hosted by Ben Live, CITR's Live from Thunderbird Radio Hell, which airs Thursdays 9 to 11 p.m. And I believe Duncan McHugh will be DJing in between sets, and he's the host of Duncan's Donuts, Thursdays noon to 1 p.m. on this station, the very same station. Check shindig.citr.ca for the full schedule for Shindig as it goes to December. Again, at its new home, the Hindenburg, every Tuesday night, part of a Vancouver tradition going over 30 years. Meanwhile, this Thursday, October 30th, otherwise known as the Devil's Night or Gate Night, the great 1922 silent film Nosferatu will be screened at the Orpheum Theater. And this is the original Dracula movie, although they couldn't use Dracula as a name, so they dipped deep. They went deeper into vampire myths. But this is not the charming aristocrats. This is the scary macabre, played by Max Shrek. And uh, part of the screening at the Orpheum Theater features the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra. So what's going to do is they're going to do a live soundtrack to the silent film displayed on screen. And part of the reason that this is happening is that there's a touring conductor and musicologist by the name of Gillian Anderson. Not Scully from X-Files, but uh, she's been specializing in uh, restoring and reconstructing original orchestral scores tied to many great silent films. And I think she's gone up to 34 at this point. Then she could not zuck an orchestra and synchronize with the film. So think back. You're going back 90 years in time, back before movies had synchronized audio and soundtracks as we know them and how I often play them. But at this point, she actually uh, did release an album back in 1995 with a recording of Nosferatu, A Symphony of Horror, and it uh, features the Brandenburg Philharmonic Orchestra. So we're going to listen to two cues here from what you should anticipate this Thursday, October 30th at the Orpheum Theater. So from Nosferatu, this will be Tamil 1.
and then we'll listen to a little bit of Nosferatu itself.
So we heard the Brandenburg Philharmonic Orchestra is conducted by Gillian Anderson. First off with Thema 1, and then Nosferatu greift on from reconstructed original orchestral scores to Nosferatu, the 1922 film directed by F.W. Bernau, starring Max Schreck as Dracula, or Count Orlock, as it were, the secret alias. As mentioned earlier, Nosferatu will be presented on the big screen at the Orpheum Theater this Thursday, October 30th, along with the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra, who will be playing behind the screening that way. Tickets start at $26, go up to $45. I would be surprised if the VSO had a student discount for those of you on UBC campus. And if you come in costume, well, they're going to give out prizes. So if you come as your best vampire, or zombie, or werewolf, whatever else you dream up of you could win orchestra tickets that way again thursday october 30th 7 30 p.m now behind me this is tangerine dream with one of the cues from the soundtrack to michael mann's only horror film from 1983 which is the keep although this doesn't actually appear on tangerine dreams 1983 score at least the soundtrack has released in 1999 this was a fan release it's a project called tangerine tree Volume 54, Had the Keep. Again, this cue is awakening. So now, we get into The Shining here, our profile here on Exploding Head Movies for this Halloween-themed episode. And uh, the key melody, as we heard at the start of the show, and as we're about to hear again, is taken uh, from the fifth and final movement from French composer Hector Berlioz's 1830 Symphony Fantastique. The fifth movement is called Dreams of a Witch's Sabbath, and the fifth passage from it is called the Dies Irae section, derived from a 13th century Latin sequence. Used commonly in Roman Catholic Requiem Masses, the Mass for the Dead or the Funeral Mass, because Dies Irae is Latin for Day of Wrath. Now it's believed that Dies Irae, well at least has been attributed to either Thomas of Solano, the Franciscan order in the 13th century, or then Latino Malabranca Orsini, a lector at the Dominic Stadium in Santa Sabina, but, even though it is a very Renaissance-based theme, the hymn dates back for past the 13th century, possibly going back to St. Gregory the Great, St. Bernard of Clairvaux, or St. Bonaventure. St. Gregory the Gate goes from 604 AD. So it's a medieval Latin poem characterized by accentual stress and rhymed lines. The meter is trochaic, and that's why it sounds vaguely sinister. I love old music of that sort just voice and things like that and uh, the theme from the shining star jack nicholson bring their son to a hotel in the deep in the rocky mountains to take care no one goes there it is haunted things happen to the previous caretaker at this point uh, stanley kubrick Sculpted a bit of a psychological terror. That, even though from 1977 about The Shining started off in a weird way. And honestly, King is not happy with Kubrick's version to the point he actually had a TV version done in the late 90s featuring the original hotel, the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, just a little northwest of Boulder, Colorado. So we're gonna, we heard the Wendy Carlos and Rachel Elkind originally with their version. We'll actually listen to them again, but we'll start off with a little bit of BBC Radiophonic Workshop Connections, because Mark Ayers worked on the last years of the original Doctor Who series in the 80s, and he actually was a part of the unofficial restoration team as they worked on restoring the audio from 
earlier tapes to become uh, VHS releases, of course, at this point. Now it's DVD, but he helped out with that as well, too. So we're listening to Mark Ayers with his version of The Shining, which takes that Dies Irae theme, and then we'll listen to Carlos and Elkind again. And I'll talk a little bit more about those two afterwards. But of course, since it is a Kubrick film, we do have some modern classical music in the mix as well, too. <laughs>
So from the 1980 soundtrack to The Shining, we start off Mark Ayers there with his take of The Shining theme, which involved a lot more screaming. Then we heard uh, Wendy Carlos and Rachel Elkind with Rocky Mountains. And between that and the song we started off with their take of the main title, those are the only two pieces of their score that survived because they provided actually a full soundtrack, similar to what they had done before with Kubrick for 1971's A Clockwork Orange, featuring all manner fulls of wonderful mogi sounds. But uh, Kubrick has always relied on other music instead. So Carlos started off as Walter Carlos, and uh, with the Mogi, helped popularize it, especially with the compilations like the Switched On Bach series that way, as the Moog stopped becoming a very elusive instrument, and it almost became the opposite, very campy and culty that way. Um, I say Walter before because uh, this is the first instance I heard of transgenders growing up, because Walter became Wendy, because uh, one of my other favorite soundtracks as well, too, is the original Tron from 1982. And, uh, yeah, I found it confusing as a child, but over time, I've understood what has happened because her true self was Wendy, and that is what happened. And Elkind actually had worked with Carlos for an extensive period of time, but uh, it was only for The Shining that she was credited. She originally uh, was a jazz vocalist, but uh, during the pieces we heard there, she provided some of the vocoder vocals there, since... uh, Carlos did some other wonderful stuff with tech. And they actually had a beautiful studio somewhere in New York, in a brownstone somewhere. And that's where they did all their music. Then we closed with the National Warsaw Philharmonic Orchestra, was conducted by Andrzej Markowski back in 1973. And we heard two parts of Krzysztof Penderecki's Utrenja. What we heard was uh, Evangelia and then the Canon Paschi. And Penderecki originally wrote that in 1970 as part of a church suite since uh, the piece actually celebrates the resurrection of Christ on an Easter Saturday, which is ironic based on the music's placement in the film. So there ain't no resurrection there. Now I wish there was time to share some of the other tracks from the soundtrack, which includes more some more Penderecki pieces. Great Polish composer who have profiled in the past, including one of his pieces, Polymorphia. There is The Awakening of Jacob, uh, De Natura Sonoris number one or and two, and then uh, Canon. Outside of Perenzetsky, uh, there was uh, Yorgi Ligeti's Lontano. Uh, we heard Gregory Gann play some Bill Bartok before, and there's actually music for strings, percussion, and Celeste on the soundtrack as well. And uh, of all things, some vintage 1920s pop songs. I've actually played those in the past based on some 1920s themes that I've done. Uh, I didn't play them this time around because their horror is uh, more ironic because they're otherwise quite jaunty. Now, the Shining soundtrack was only released onto vinyl and cassette, though bootleg CDs have circulated. And Carlos and Elkind ended up releasing their own score cues for the film back in 2005 for what was known as the Complete Motion Picture Score, although only credited to Carlos. And The Shining at the time initially drew mixed reviews before consensus built that was perhaps the scariest film of all time but the funniest thing is during uh, the video store like when you used to rent videos at a store hopefully you still get to do that from time to time but what happened is that Kubrick's The Shining started appearing with the other horror films of the time and in light of a recent documentary called Room 237 as directed by Rodney Asher it explores the themes 
the hidden meanings and perceived kind of subtext to uh, The Shining because it has been analyzed extensively and there's many theories about what is actually in the film itself. Things like uh, how uh, the Apollo 11 moon landing was faked and then things about like the oppression of the American natives and things like that. So all the stories that are combined into that were melded into the documentary that came out in 2012. And I bring up the entire video rental store issue in fact place there or why I bring that up is because uh, the soundtrack to the documentary room 237 as done by Jonathan Snipes and William Hudson alludes to what the typical scores that you would hear in conjunction with the other films it was stockpiled with so what I spoke over before was recourse to Eagles and I'm speaking over Minotaur right now so let's get into as much of the score here without me talking over it and I'll get back to you once it's near the end from room 237, this is Jonathan Snipes and William Hudson. Thank you. 
So from Jonathan Snipes and William Hudson's scores beaking and where I wasn't. So we start off at the very least at some point I was talking over recourse to Eagles where we heard parts of Sweet and I'm currently talking over this deeper story. Uh, to uh, Mr. John did the score for Plane, doing some work for sitcoms, TV, and for films and documentaries as well to bio that way. And um, yeah, the sound work that they involved that way, the nice little trailer that they have on the website that talks about the score that from Room 237 shows a lot what they're working with. They have my favorite, the analog Moog tone generators, but they also have a flautist, kalimbas, xylophones, other wonderful gugas and technological wonders that way, but done on the cheap because the funding for Room 237 was done on a Kickstarter. It was only for, I think, 10, 15 grand as well, too. All covering nine different approaches to what people believe is the subtext to the film The Shining. Now, if you're definitely on a Kubrick kick, this Thursday, October 30th at the 303 Columbia Club from 8 p.m., they're going to have a Stanley Kubrick Halloween, along with some DJing from Sonoya Caves, bands such as the Magic Family Band, Back Homes, and Cult Babies will be playing. Doors open at 8, first band plays at 9, tickets are $10, and it is a TV party joint. Again, that's at 303 Columbia, which you may have gone to the Victory Square after party back in September. Of course, room 237 of the sub is where CITR station manager Brenda Grinnell is. Take that for what it is. Anyways, that's it for Exploding Head Movies this week. Coming up at 9 it is the Jazz Show again. Walker, and it'll take you to midnight. Afterwards, it is time for Transition State, so stay tuned to CITR the rest of your potentially blustery Monday. Hopefully you batten down the hatches as Tropical Storm Anna strikes us. Keep flashlights and charged phones handy. If you missed any of this week's episode, I'll upload this to the podcast via CITR.ca shortly. But you can always search iTunes and keep your eyes peeled for episode 237. Somehow the numbers lined up that way. Anyways, next week it is the 10th. Uh, next week, well, November. We might take a look at the 10th anniversary of the death of British radio DJ John Peel. Maybe Bill Conte's score to the right stuff. But um, I've been told in November I got some travel coming up, so I got some fill-ins to figure out. So we'll take it from there. Anyways, we'll close with Jonathan Snipes and William Hudson's version of Dies Irae, as we heard twice before. But uh, they do it in kind of a little bit more of a quirky fashion here. So you've been listening to Exploding Hemivies here on 101.9 FM, CITR Vancouver. I hope you have a happy Halloween. <laughs>
You are listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. Stay tuned now for The Jazz Show, coming right up with Gavin Walker. Thank you. 